Welcome to Signaling God's People with your host, Dennis Beard, talking about the last day work of the ministry. Now, it is a strange work bringing to pass this act, a strange act. We all know that in Isaiah 28, but it surprised the hypocrite. There's many that go to church, especially in the denominational church world, that have never heard about the work of God. Now, we're called for the work of the ministry. You'll see that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints or the work of the ministry. Now, the question is, what is the work of the ministry? It's a new thing. Jesus stated, these works that I do shall you do also. Then he followed it with, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. Greater works than he did? He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loosened the dumb tongue. The lame walked and the captain went free. How can it be greater than that? <clears throat> Jesus only did redemption miracles, showing that he is the resurrection and the life. He did every miracle, showing that he is the power of God, that he is the father of glory. He said, if I were the finger of God, cast out devils. Know you, the kingdom of God's come nigh unto you. If you believe on Jesus, the Son of God, you don't believe on him. You believe on him that sent him, the Father, because he is the Father revealed. So what will be the revelation in the last days and the work of the ministry and the seals, trumpets, and vows filled up the wrath of God, the judgments of God in the earth, men will learn righteousness. What will it reveal? It revealed that he's not a trinity, that he's not Buddha, that he's not Allah, but that he is the Holy One of Israel, the Lord God Almighty, of which there's only one. Never been a holy trinity. Only been a holy one, always. And that will dispel all the lies, the hypocrites, false doctrine, as well as the false gods of the earth, will be diminished and destroyed. He will famish all the gods of the earth, as he states in Zephaniah 2. How will he do it? Now, we mentioned in a broadcast, a podcast a few days ago, about all elements will melt with fervent heat. And Paul stating that if our earthly tabernacle, that is, the body of Christ, that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, we're not our own, we're bought with a price. If it be dissolved, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1, that we will be clothed upon as we have uh, uh, worn the earthly, so we will also bear the heavenly. We will be changed in a moment, in a twinkling an eye, at the last trump. <clears throat> our God is a consuming fire. That short split second will change the body of Christ from weakness into strength, from mortality into immortality. At that time, at the coming of the Lord, the second advent, when the Lord descends from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. We which are alive and remain be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is immediately after the tribulation, of those days, which is the great tribulation. We see that in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Now the ones that have the wisdom of God, and we speak wisdom to them that are perfect, as Paul stated, 
to the church at Corinth that the glory that is to be revealed in the saints of the living God, all those called to be saints are sanctified holy, God's sanctified ones. Now we read in Revelation 4 <clears throat> about this four and 20 seats in heaven with four and 20 elders. We know that's a priesthood. We're made to sit together in heaven places right now in the kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But there's also before the throne of God four beasts, the zoe. These are the living creatures. And the living creatures there, the lion, man, calf, and eagle. We find these are the same that we see in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10, which are the cherubim. There is a pronounced difference between the cherubim and the seraphim. And we'll be focusing on that today. The cherubim are not angels. Many people, and especially ministers in denominal churches, have stated that there are seven, some say nine order, some say twelve order of angels. And they put the cherubim and the seraphim as angels. Word of God never states that. Matter of fact, it's just the opposite. We see in Genesis 3.24, the first mention of cherubims with a capital C deity. That after Adam's fall. Now one man's disobedience sin came to the world, death by sin. Therefore by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offenses of one, so also the free gifts is one. Romans 5. As sin reigned by death, now grace reigns through righteousness. Now, that mystery of godliness without controversy is great. 1 Timothy 3.16 Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, the godlike. That's a little G-O-D, L-I-N-E-S-S. It's the godlike. And to get to that godlike, you have to add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. The godliness is the godlike. And the mystery of it is that God was manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. It's all him. And now Christ is in us. We are in Christ's stead. And he has given us the, that ministry of reconciliation. <clears throat> there we are now ambassadors of Christ. We are in Christ's stead. That's what he brought to usward when he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. We're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're seeing that in the throne room revelation, Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. John tells us that in Revelation 4 verse 1. Where are we? Well, he said, there was a door open in heaven, a voice of a trumpet talking with me. Well, that's the voice of God. <clears throat> in the days of Moses, he spoke as the voice of a trumpet that waxed louder and louder as God came up on Mount Sinai and it burned with fire. And they said, Moses, you take the word of the Lord and you declare it to us lest we die. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But Hebrews 12 Paul tells us 
that the Lord hath yet promised once more. He signifies this, the word of God through the voice of the Lord. And see that reject not him that speaketh from heaven. The last day work of God, which is the new thing, the new wine, that God is and will do the great thing. It's the new thing. God stated that. I will do a new thing. A woman shall compass a man. We see that in the church birthing Jesus in Revelation 12. Those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus are the remnant of her seed, the church, not the nation Israel. We find there in this work of the ministry that it is a strange work. Bring to pass his act, his strange act. It has surprised the hypocrite. They did not receive the voice of the Lord. And we said, see that you reject not him that speaks from heaven in Hebrews 12. For if they did not escape then, whose voice then shook the earth, how much more shall we not escape if we do not hear and reject the voice from heaven? God is speaking that now. Then the thing is, what is this clarion trumpet? What is this uh, great work that he has stated he will do? And what does the body of Christ have to do called being for the work of the ministry? Well, they gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Now the question is, what is the work of the ministry? As we said it before, Jesus stated, these works shall you do also. Well, we will do the same works and the redemption miracles that Jesus did. Well, he will say, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, and the captive going free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. But then he said, greater works than these shall you do. Now on the Mount of Transfiguration, he gives us the insight there that he takes the inner three, Peter, James, and John, up to a mountain apart, and he's transfigured before them, but there appears Moses and Elijah. There, Jesus did only redemption miracles. Moses did judgment miracles, literally destroying the gods of Egypt. And of course, Elijah did kingdom miracles, that is, redemption miracles by Jesus, the judgment miracles by Moses, and the miracles that Elijah did were restoration miracles. And Elijah must come and first restore again. Restore again what? The faith that was once delivered to the saints, the faith which is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Jesus stated that coming down off the Mount of Transfiguration. They asked Jesus point blank, why do the disciples of John say that Elijah must first come? Jesus stated, Elijah must first come and restore all things. But if he will receive it, Elijah has already become, speaking of John the Baptist. But Elijah will forerun the great day of the Lord, as we see in the Malachi 3 and Malachi 4. Remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. That's restoration. 
Why is that so important? Because in Acts 3, verse 20 and 21, the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, all things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Jesus going to the cross told his disciples, I have many things to say unto you, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the spirit of truth has come, the Holy Ghost, Christ in us, Jesus in us, he will lead you and guide you into all truth, not partial truth, not as it was in Pentecost, seeing through a glass darkly, having knowledge in part, and tongues where the beast shall cease, knowledge will be done away with. But then when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in the part will be done away with. Then we will know, even as we're known of him. That's charity. Charity is a bond of perfectness. It's the guarantee of coming unto perfection. And it states that charity will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because you reach the point of charity, adding to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. If these things be in you and they abound in you, then there's no chance of you failing or coming short in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see that in 2 Peter 1. You will not be unfruitful, unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and you are guaranteed not to fail. You will not be deceived. When these things abide in you, their charity will cover a multitude of sins. That charity is not love. It's a love of God based in doing His will. That's the difference between love and charity. Charity, we find, rejoices in the truth. Not puffed up, seeketh not its own. And we find that is full grown. We see that in 1 Corinthians 13. Paul, talking about charity, states that when I was a child, I expected a child, understood as a child. A child is born again and knows the Father. We see that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I bring you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father of glory. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. But that's still children. The little children of the kingdom will be cast out. We have to come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. And then we go to young men. I run to you young men because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. We find the overcomers in Revelation, the second and third chapter. Those are the ones that are obedient to the present proceeding word of God in the voice of the Lord. Jesus states in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sit with him and he with me. John goes on in Revelation 4.1 and states that that door is open in heaven. And a voice of a trumpet talking with him, saying, come up hither. It's not a rapture. What is it? And I will show you things that will come to pass hereafter. Those are the things of faith. That's perfection. That's throne room revelation. That's very important to see. Revelation 4 and Revelation 5 were made to sit together in heavenly places. And John's giving us the insight there in the throne room. We see in four and 20 seats. 
and four and twenty elders. We see a jasper and a sardine stone. A jasper stone first, then a sardius or a sardine stone is a sardius in Hebrew. On the sardius stone was written Judah. On the, that jasper stone was written the last stone of the dress of the breastplate of judgment, which was not the light, my wrestlings, the cross. Well, he's made the first last and the last first. He puts the jasper stone first and then the sardius stone, the sardine. That which the, we see in heaven first is the cross. Well, we glow it all, we'll grow in the cross. The Lamb of God that, that was slain hath now power to open the seal because he's overcome. And the last stone we see there now is the Sardius stone, which is Judah. So because of the cross now, we praise God. And there we in that throne room. Not only are there the 44 and the, the 24 elders, the four and 20 elders, but there's also the beast before the throne of God, lion, calf, man, and eagle. These are the cherubim mentioned in Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10, except the ones in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10 have four wings, and they have four faces, and they fork there, have the face of a lion, man, ox, and eagle coming out of the fire. That is important because this is a brand plucked out of a fire that we see in Zechariah 3, a change of raiment. The iniquities purged. That is lawlessness where we weren't obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost, iniquity abounding. That right there before the throne of God, Joshua, called by the name of Yeshua, Jesus, is before the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan appears also to withstand him. The Lord rebuke thee, Satan, is what the Lord says to him. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? There's a cherubim. Those are not angels. That's a church in its highest glory. We're in the throne room. And in Revelation 4, it shows us the lion, calf, man, and eagle. There in Revelation 4, verse 7. And the first beast was like a lion. The second beast like a calf. Third beast had a face as a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. Notice that these four beasts are full of eyes before and behind. That's the eyes of the revelation. And on our eyes with thyself, they have that revelation before and behind. These are the ones crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. They're not guarding anything. They're pronouncing the glory of God being holy, the Holy One. Only one throne in heaven, and Jesus is the throne on that throne, set down in that throne, Revelation 3.21. There is no trinity. It's the Holy One of Israel, and that will be the revealed God in the last days, the Holy One that is of Israel, Jesus Christ. The blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, 1 Timothy 6.15 and 60. That's what everyone will see. From the least to the greatest, they will all know him. Now, what is important about these beasts 
They're living creatures. The Zoe, Z-O-E, or the Z-O-A in Greek. Notice uh, that every one of them have six wings, not four. They have reached Elohim status. That is a small e. The capital E, Elohim, God, which is uh, there written in the plurality, but singular verb, always. The Lord, God, he is the Lord. If not, they ever written Elohim with a plurality of God's attributes, who is only one. That's the reason why there's always a singular verb after God or Elohim, capital E, because he's God all by himself alone. He is the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton, the yod wah the 10th, 5th, 6th letter of the Hebrew ABC theory. Now, what it's revealing here is that these beasts, notice they have six wings. They give glory to God, and we see in verse 8 of Revelation 4, the four beasts had each of them Six wings, not four. They have reached Elohim status. Perfection. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. They have grown up into him in all things uh, and not tossed to and fro by everyone of doctrine. They are the ones qualified for the work of the ministry through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God is speaking now. And see that we, that we reject not him that speaks from heaven as in Hebrews 12. Because the Lord hath promised yet once more. This word signifies. Yes, what more? Yet once more he seeks not only the earth as he did in the days of Moses when he had descended on Mount Sinai and it burned and the mountains shook as it burned with fire. Moses said that exceedingly fair and quake. So the trumpet sound of God become louder and louder, the shofar. But here he said, I don't shake the earth only, but also heaven. What does this work? It's going to separate the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane, from those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. This work has surprised the hypocrite. This fire, we're, on, we're going to understand what it means when he makes his angel spirits, his ministers, a flame of fire because they will be instruments of God's judgment to render the punishments upon the people in the day of the Lord. They'll render the judgments of God with the Lord Jesus Christ, and the wicked will be ashes under the righteous feet. Now, many will say, no, that cherubim or seraphim with six wings are angels. No, they're not. That is the highest glory of the church. In Genesis 3.24, after the fall, we see that God placed cherubim at the east end of the Garden of God, capital C, along with a flaming sword turning every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. That cherubim is a Christophany. It is a theophany, God himself, Christ. Christ is that spirit. Now, many have not been taught Christ. That is what is the pressing upon the churches today to have Christ taught and being established in the doctrine of Christ. 
For if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Most have never been taught that Christ is God, who took on a body of flesh as a man, who is Christ, one and the same. You see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. Peter had the keys to the kingdom given to him in Matthew 16. And there in Matthew 16, Jesus asked, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're uh, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets, thinking he's just a prophet. But Jesus then asked, Who do you say I am? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. We believe, and in most churches it's taught, that that's just the man, Christ Jesus. The Father is in heaven, negating who Jesus is. In John 3.13, Jesus states, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Jesus is the Father of glory. But he's humbled himself to work salvation for us as a man. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made in under the law. Who is that? Emmanuel, God with us to redeem us that were under the law. He is not the son of God with us. He's God with us, Emmanuel. Isaiah 7.14, a sign given that he has a woman, not just a woman, not just an alma, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. Call his name Emmanuel. Who is this Emmanuel? Unto us, Isaiah 9, 5, a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall rest upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, only used of God, full of wonder. Counselor, the mighty God. But the denominal churches have called him the mighty son of God, not the mighty God. The everlasting father. They say, no, he's the everlasting son. No, he's not. He's the everlasting father. Isaiah 9, 6. That's what will be revealed in the revelation of Jesus Christ, that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty, the Almighty God. Revelation 1, 8. To understand the calling of God upon the church, we are called for that priesthood as kings and priests to the Lord our God, and we will reign with him in the earth. That's the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We have to press toward that mark. It won't just be given to you. Paul stated there in Philippians 3, I'm not perfect yet. Neither have I already attained. But this one thing I do. I'm reaching forth to those things which are before. Faith is the substance of things. He's reaching forth to that final faith that when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find that faith upon the earth. What faith? That God is love? No, there, we know that. That God is uh, manifest in flesh. We know that. But the faith that will be delivered to the saints there in these last days, we find that in Revelation 13, that that truth will be cast to the ground. The saints will be literally prevailed against by the man of sin, the son of perdition. Many will die to purge and to make them white. Many of understanding shall fall to try to purge and make them white. Daniel 11 tells us that. But he goes on and says, here is the faith and patience of the saints. What is it? 
We have to understand the work of God to have that faith. That he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must die by the sword. Here's the patience and the faith of the saints. Well, when Jesus comes, will he find that faith? Only the ones that have sought God and received and not been disobedient to the heavenly voice that have not rejected the voice that speaks from heaven as in Hebrews 12. They are the ones that will come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ into a perfect man. They will have six wings, two that cover their feet, two that cover their feet, and with two they did fly. Why? Because it's going over all the earth. Now, why the six wings? Who are they? Well, we find that in that Genesis 3.24, cherubims is first mentioned. They were the capital C. That is Jesus Christ at Christophany and with a flaming sword. We know that it is Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. That cherubim, capital C, is a lion, man, ox, and eagle. Jesus, four faces, for God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 3. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Notice that. The body of Christ has this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. It's not of us. It's the Christ in us. And it reveals the Lord is that spirit. Jesus is the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.17 is that spirit. There's only one. One body, one spirit, whom you called, and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God, uh, the Father of us all, above all, and in us all. Jesus Christ, the Lord, is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Stand therefore in the liberty one Christ has made us free. Been untangled again with the yoke of bondage. And what is it? We all with open face. This is the, the voice of the Lord now. Coming unto perfection. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. It's not a glass that's darkened, seeing through a glass darkly, only having partial truth. It's all truth. The Holy Ghost is leading us and guiding us into all truth as Jesus stated in John 16. So what does it mean to us? Well, that all truth that has four faces. Jesus has his four faces being that cherubim, capital C, in Genesis 3.24. The face of a lion. He's a lion of the tribe of Judah in the gospel according to Matthew. Now that face of a man, the perfect man. Well, he is the perfect man in the gospel according to Mark. Luke, he is that suffering servant, the face of an ox. And then we have of course, John, the eagle, three terrestrial, one celestial. And that eagle, the body of Christ in the last days, will mount up with the wings as eagles, and two wings of the eagle will be given to us, the remnant of our seed, that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, where we fly into the wilderness, not to heaven, to the wilderness, where we have a place prepared of God, where we're nourished, from the face of the serpent, for a time, times dividing the time, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days. That is the work of the ministry. Now, what are we called for? Well, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ and said, 
We, the body of Christ, have this treasure in earthen vessels. 2 Corinthians 3. We find also that these Zoe, these living creatures, in Revelation 5 tells us that it is the redeemed of the Lord. They are the redeemed of the Lord. They are not angels. They say that this man in Revelation 19.10 is an angel that John was about to worship. <clears throat> and that man said, see thou doest it not. Why? Because you only worship God. Well, then who is this man that John sees? And if anyone knows the Lord, John, the revelator, knows the Lord. And he says, see thou doest it not. John was about to worship him. He said, I'm of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Those are the only ones that have the understanding of the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Without the spirit of prophecy, small s, Revelation 19.10, it's impossible to know and have the understanding of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It reveals not only his person, but his work. And it is a strange work. Bring to pass his act, his strange act. And we're seeing in Revelation 11 that these two servants of God have power that they we see noted with Moses and with Elijah because they will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. That's the work of the ministry in the last days. These days, God is speaking from heaven now. Now, what is the sum of the matter? Who are the cherubim? Who are the seraphim? Well, the seraphims have six wings. Cherubims have four wings. We see that in Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10. These are the cherubim, are the ones that came out of the fire unfolding itself as the appearance of a man. What man? Jesus Christ. That's the Joshua, the change of raiment. In the new thing, as a brand plucked out of the fire, he came out of the fire. Out of the fire of God. The Holy Ghost whose fan is in his hand and thoroughly purging his floor. Crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust. We find here that these cherubim that we find, the four living creatures that we saw in there in Revelation 4-7, that lion, calf, man, and eagle, we see here in Revelation 5, verse 7, that Jesus came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne, for he is the Ancient of Days. He is that spirit. But the office of the Son of God is an eternal office, which took the book out of the angel's hand. And watch what it says. Verse 8, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders, who are they, fell down before the Lamb, every, every one of them harps of these angels. Well, let's see what it says. And golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they what? They sung a new song. That new song is the song of the Lamb. That's the new thing. They sang the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb in Revelation 15. But these, the four and twenty elders and the four beasts, saying, 
not worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. Not them, the body of Christ, us. The cherubim and the four and twenty elders are the king priest that have come to the full measure of Jesus Christ, having Elohim, small e, Elohim status, having six wings. They are the redeemed of the Lord, redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. These are the body of Christ that have come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now we see that. So the seraphim have six wings that we see in Isaiah 6, verse 1 in the year, that King Uzziah died. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. That's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Jesus Christ. High and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Now, that was a natural temple back then, an iron. Now, it's naos. We are the temple of God. We're bought with a price. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Watch it. Above it stood the seraphim. Above what? Above that, that, that revelation of Jesus on that throne. Each of them had six wings. There's your lion, calf, man, and eagle of Revelation 4-7. There are your cherubims in Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10. Those are the zoe that are the redeemed of the Lord that have come to a higher state of glory than Pentecost. Those are the tabernacleists. Those are the Revelation 19.10. Jesus ahead and we, the individual members in the body of Christ, making but one body that John saw in the last days. Those are the ones that have the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy that will proclaim the words of the book of this prophecy and, and use uh, those judgments as instruments of God. You heard me right. That will be God's instruments. They will be God's battle axe laid to the root of the trees. As we see here, above us stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. That's what we see in Revelation 4.8. They had six wings. Notice, and it says what they do. With twain, two, they covered their face. With twain, they covered their feet. And with twain, they did fly. This is the gospel taking all the world for witness unto all nations. Notice in Isaiah 6, he goes on and says, And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy. That's what they're crying in heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the post of him that cried. We're the post. The building of God. And the house was filled with smoke. That's the glory of God. The Shekinah glory. Watch it here. Then, Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what we will see in the last days, and our iniquity will be purged, uh, and we will go forth in this, 
in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. It says then, Then flew one of the seraphim, the seraphim, which have six wings, two cover their face, two cover their feet, two they did fly. That is the living creatures that we see, which are the redeemed of the Lord in Revelation 4 and 5 in the throne room. This is not Pentecost. This is not church as usual. These are the ones that are God's sanctified ones that we see about it in Isaiah 13. When they took one of the seraphims, uh, that is having a live coal in his hand. Notice the coal of fire is in the hand of the seraphim, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar and laid it upon Isaiah's mouth, laid it upon my mouth, and lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity taken away through the fire of God, and thy sin purged. So there will be a people, that other cherubim, that have now from four wings gone to six wing status, and wings must be had to fly upon the wind of doctrine. There's no other way. They have eyes before and behind, and they have six wings, seraphim status. Lion, calf, man, and eagle. These are the redeemed of the Lord. They sing the song of the redeemed. They have redeemed us. They're the redeemed. It states it in Revelation 5. They are the ones that are in the spirit of Jesus, Christ in them, that's not only doing the redemption miracles of Jesus, but also the judgment miracles of Moses and the restoration miracles of Elijah. Greater works than these shall you do is the judgment miracles of Moses done through the body of Christ. Jesus never killed anybody. He only did redemption miracles. He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devil's own blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, the captain went free. Blessed he whosoever is not offended in me. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He proved it. If I were the finger of God, cast out devils. Know you, the kingdom of God's coming down to you. But he said, now greater works than these shall you do. Why? Because remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Why? For the work of the ministry. That is uh, the ones there that are in that inner circle. Peter, James, and John saw Moses uh, and Elijah with Jesus. Jesus there. It was not Moses doing those judgment miracles, but the Christ that was in Moses. We see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. That all the Old Testament prophets, prophets prophesied, that's Samuel, Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi, prophesied, there's, spoke of the grace that should come to us, searching water, what manner of time, the spirit of Christ that was in them. Christ is that spirit. Christ is God. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Lord. Christ is the Word. It states that. All the Old Testament prophets prophesied by the spirit of Christ that were in them. When it signified, when it testified, testified before in the sufferings of Christ. Christ the man is Christ the Spirit. They're one and the same. You can't separate them. And that is the revelation of Christ. Very few have been taught and established in the doctrine of Christ. And if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. 2 John 9. 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ. That is the Father and the Son. The Father's the invisible spirit, but the Son of God is the invisible spirit the Father revealed. One and the same spirit. Just as Jesus said, I and my Father are one, John 10, 30. Well, 
1 John 2, 22, who is a liar, but he did not, that Jesus is a Christ, he's Antichrist. That hath denied both the Father and the Son. Because the Father is the Son, the Son is the Father revealed. They're one and the same. Christ. Christ the Spirit is Christ the man. Not Christ Jr. It's not a God Jr. So we find there that Christ there has to be taught, and it's a mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, and that's what God's doing in the revelation of Jesus, showing that he is God, he is the Christ, He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and ending, which is, was, and is to come. The Almighty, God Almighty, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Spirit of God. The Lord is that Spirit. Now, what happens then? Isaiah then, this is what we find in the work of the ministry in Malachi 4. The last book in the Old Testament said, Remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah. They appeared upon the Mount of Transfiguration. And there's a key there. If you have grain as a faith, as a grain, faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say unto this mountain, that mountain of transfiguration, remove yonder to yonder place. Where? To where we are now. And it shall obey you. What is that? It is a work of the ministry in the last days, which is the, the, the redemption miracles of Jesus through the body of Christ doing everything he did in the redemption miracles that Jesus said, these things shall you do. You'll heal the sick, cleanse the liver, raise the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the tongue of the tongue, and the lame walk and captive go free. But we won't stop there. He said, greater works than these shall you do. What is it greater works? Well, you'll do the judgment miracles of Moses as up, up, upon the people as we see in the two witnesses, which is the church, the Spirit of God through the church, the body of Christ, in Revelation 11. It is in the spirit of Elijah with John, John the Revelator. You'll see that in Revelation 10. And Revelation 11, the two witnesses, Revelation 12, the man-child. One and the same. They're all working the works of the ministry in the time times they have three and a half years, 42 months, in the ministry of Jesus Christ, fulfilling his week. Now, most take to Daniel 9.27, is a league made with Israel, and he breaks it in the middle of it. Well, that's possible. We totally disagree. Daniel 9, 27, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. The covenant is Jesus. He was cut off in the midst of wheat, but not of himself. And Jesus was cut off, but not for himself. Well, what happened in the midst of that week? Well, there's a seven-year ministry of Jesus to fulfill his week, or not a Shaboah, but a Heptad, seven years. Therefore, in Daniel 9, 27, there we say that the covenant to the people is Jesus Christ, and he was cut off in the midst of the week, and he caused the sacrifice and oblation to cease. There is no more sacrifice for sin. Jesus paid it all on the cross. And this will be until the consummation till all things are consummated, that which is uh, in the consummation of all things, that will be poured out upon the desolate. And that determined will be poured out upon the desolate. There will be another three and a half year Jesus' ministry to fulfill his week. Isaiah states that Jesus cut off in the midst of the week, and who shall declare his generation? Psalms 
And David said, that it shall be counted for the seed, that seed shall be counted for the generation, the generation of Jesus. That's the reason you see in Matthew 1. Then in the 42 generations, the generations of Jesus Christ, the genealogy of Jesus, it goes from Abraham to David, 14 generations. From the David to the carrying away into Babylon, 14 generations. From the carrying away into Babylon unto Jesus, 13 generations of who is called, who is who was born Jesus, who is called Christ. That is the 42nd generation. So the 41st generation is unto Jesus, bringing us, which who is called Christ, the 42nd generation. What fulfills it? Well, great is the company. The, world, the Lord published the word, and great was the company that proclaimed it, published it. That company is feminine in the Psalms. Who is it? It's the body of Christ. That's the Christ generation, counted for the seed. So when Jesus said, this generation shall not pass away until all these things be fulfilled, he's talking about the seed, the generation, the last generation, the Christ generation. He's not talking about national Israel becoming a nation in 1948, May the 14th, 1948. He's talking about the generation that shall be counted for the seed, the Christ generation. And those will be the ones that will proclaim the everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. <clears throat> so what will happen in the last days? The seraphim, the ones that are preaching this gospel, notice in Revelation 6, it's one of the four beasts that come and see. The four, the four beasts are the ones preaching the gospel, come and see. And the body of Christ, it will turn the fathers to the children, children to the fathers. In other words, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, lest God comes and smite the earth with a curse, because the church must be presented to Jesus, Jesus, a spotless, blameless church, without spot, without blemish, perfect in all her ways, a perfect mirror image of Jesus. In other words, Jesus presenting to himself a glorious church without spot or without blemish. That's perfect. Well, right here, who are these? Now, we will go into detail on the podcast. Don't miss one. We'll go into detail. And these are all for your viewing. They're at sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, if you miss some of the podcast. Now, in the revelation of Jesus, it is the body of Christ that the power of God is shown through. God has shown forth the glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, and this treasure will be, be, be revealed in the last days. It says, not sealed up among my treasures. Where is that revealed? Through the saints. Deuteronomy 32. It says, not sealed up among my treasures, for the Lord will judge his people. Repent himself of the evil when he sees their powers gone, and there's none shut up or left. What will it reveal? that you will see God said now, Jesus will say, I am God and there is not other. I know not any. Beside me, there is no other God. There's no other God standing at the right hand of Jesus. That is an exaltation, not a physical right hand, but dexios, an exaltation, glorified with God's own self. You'll see that in Revelation 3.21. 
to him that overcome will I grant to sit, S-I-T, sit, like a positional, with me in my throne. That's the place he prepared for us. But where did you go, Jesus? Who are you? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, forever settled, always has been God and always will be God, set down with my Father in his throne. All power in heaven and earth given to him. He is the Father of glory. That's the reason he states, I will no more speak in Proverbs. I will no more speak this mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. I'll show you plainly of the Father, John 16. And now he knows all things. He knows the time of his coming. The disciples said, now we know that you know all things, Jesus. Why? Yeah, because he's glorified the Father's own self. So he said, that time will come. You will ask in my name, and I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because he is the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Well, we have to have that revelation, and that's what it is in these last days. Him that speaketh from heaven, see that we reject not that voice that speaks from heaven. We are those sanctified ones, those holy ones, the ones that will, his spirits, his angels being uh, spirits, ministering spirits for them who are heirs of salvation, and the ministers will be a flame of fire. The fiery judgments of God will be carried out through the saints of the living God, Psalm 149. This honor have all the saints to render judgments on the people and punishments upon the people. And we see in Isaiah 13, and I'll close with this and we'll carry it on there in Isaiah 13, the burden of Babylon, the first false church, Mr. Babylon, the great, the mother of harvests and abominations of the earth, which Isaiah, the son of Amos, did see lift up a banner upon the high mountain and exalt the voice unto them, shake the hand that they may go into the gates of the nobles. They bind their kings and nobles and chains, nobles uh, bind their kings and chains and nobles and fetters of barn uh, to execute the judgments upon the people, Psalm 149. Verse 3, I have commanded my sanctified ones. We're called as saints to be sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body. Those are the ones in the body of Christ that have come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Jesus for the work of the ministry. What is the work of the ministry? Judgment laid to the line, righteousness to the plummet, executed in and through the body of Christ. That's Isaiah 28. And it states there, I have also called my mighty ones for mine anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. The noise of a multitude in the, in the mountains, like as of a great what? People. It's the people of God. A tumultuous noise of the kingdom of nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts mustereth the host of, of the battle. This is a battle of the Lord. You know, in the day of the Lord, Armageddon. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even the Lord, and who? And the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. You'll see that in Joel 2. Now, we'll pick this up. The army of God that climbed the walls like mighty men of war, they fall upon the sword and they will not be hurt. These are God's sanctified ones, the holy ones called to be saints, the living God that will work 
judgments upon the people. Now, he goes on and says, this is the day of the Lord. Notice, the how ye for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all, all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt, and they shall be afraid, afraid. Pangs and sorrow shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. They shall be ensnared one at another. Their faces shall be as flames, as flames of fire. That's a lion, man, ox, and eagle. That is the seraphim. That's the cherubim, or the anointed ones. That those are the lion, calf, man, and eagle of Revelation 4 and 5, which are the sanctified ones, which are the redeemed of the Lord. It's come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Jesus Christ. Those are not Pentecostals. They are tabernacleists. They've gone much higher in glory. They're not seen through a glass darkly. They've come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, seeing in a glass, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the very same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and it says, Cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall devour the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellation thereof shall not give their light. Then it says, The sun shall be darkened in the going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine, and I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity, and I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of, of the terrible. This is the work of the ministry in the judgment of God. God said to here, he said, I'll make a man more precious than the gold of Ophir than a golden wedge of Ophir. Then he says in verse 13, therefore I will shake the heavens. It's exactly what he said in Hebrews 12. As the Lord hath promised yet much more. He shakes not only the earth, but also heaven. He's doing that judgment with his saints on the day of the Lord. And he says, Therefore I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. The saints of God will be his battle axe, his weapons of indignation. You'll see there in Psalm... He states there very simply in Psalm 149 that the saints of God, those are the ones that are executing the judgment. The Lord was taking pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Listen to what he says in Psalm 149, verse 5, 6 on. Let the, uh, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Why? The saints to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, This honor have all the saints. Praise you the Lord. Now that's what we have to get ready for, for the work of the ministry. This is not, again, this is not Pentecost. This is far, far higher in glory. It's not the former reign. It's in Acts 2. It's the latter reign. 
Now, tune into the podcast as we get into the work of the ministry and the time, times they have three and a half years and 42 months of the Jesus ministry, working miracles of redemption that Jesus did, judgment miracles of Moses as he did to famish all the gods of the earth, as in Zephaniah 2, and the restoration miracles of Elijah that must happen before Jesus comes in Acts 3, 20 and 21. The heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things. Jesus will stay there. Now, if the Lord has bore witness with your spirit, your conscience bearing you witness in the Holy Ghost, then contact me so we can work together. God is literally fitly framing his body together now and literally will as compacted together. Whichever joint supplies, they find himself in love through the measure of each part according to the faith given to each one for the perfecting of the saints. The body of Christ then taking this gospel to all the world for witness and to all nations. It is time now. This is the voice speaking from heaven. We don't want to reject it. We don't want to stay with the old wine and say, well, the old wine's better. I'm not going into the new wine. Don't let the new wine be cut off from you because the Lord had the controversy with the nations. He's calling his people to gather together in one and those sanctified ones, those ones that are the four and six wings of the cherubim going to Elohim status of the seraphim are the burning, fiery, holy ones. That's a seraphim. It's not an angel. It is a burning, fiery one. Those are the ministers that's been what? That ministers made a flame of fire. They're the seraphim. Those are the ones that will go forth in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. That will literally proclaim this gospel to all the world for witness and all nations. It will literally lead the body of Christ there as an angel to the churches. And they're obeying the voice of the Lord. It is nothing of the body of Christ. It's the Christ through them. We are nothing. He is everything. If God is born witness with you, the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ in you, then please contact me. My email is sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. Again, email me, sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. Need to hear from you. You can also reach me at dennisbeard.org, another website, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, the two websites there, and jcic.tv, another website. Or simply download our app, Sealing God's People, our daily podcast, but contact us where we can work together in this calling of God into one body for this one hope of our calling. That's no message. And we're praying for each one in member in the body of Christ that God will perfect that which is lacking in all of us, that we all may be presented by us at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.